Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. Before we get started, we've got a mailbag. First up is a uh, first-time caller, Josiah, with a voicemail with more uh, They Might Be Giants references than I can even count. Here's Josiah. Hi, Greg. My name is Josiah, long-time listener, first time-traveling caller. Yes, that's right. I said time-traveling uh, because I am calling from the year 2021 or at least that's what my podcast feed tells me because I started your podcast a couple years late and I'm struggling to keep pace with your prolific output. Uh, that said, I'm still enjoying it immensely. Um, and the further I get into it, the more I fantasize about how maybe someday I'll catch up and maybe I myself could be a guest on this wonderful podcast. But sadly, that will never be for here. I remain in the past as you barrel on through the future and I'm too much of a stubborn completist to skip ahead. Uh, so, yeah, periodically I'll see some of my favorite songs come and go while you talk like Curtis Blow. And I will think of all the fun anecdotes I could have shared along the way, uh, like with Podcast 136, Trouble, Awful, Devil, Evil. I could have shared how if you turn the volume all the way up in the live duo show recording of that song, right after they finish playing it, you can softly hear me say, wow. That's thrilling input, I know. Or uh, like in Podcast 46, Why Still Little Bottle, I could have told you um, that in the very same recording, you can hear my wife say, I hate that, after Flansburg screams into the microphone attached to the big stick. But alas, a man out of time. I was always too late, and for years I wallowed in hopelessly despair. But then I came to Podcast 166 about one of my favorite songs, 2082. And it gave me the epiphany that I don't have to be a guest to be on the podcast. I can use my phone power to time travel into your voicemails in the future to get on the podcast. That is, assuming you still do voicemails in the future and assuming that this insane voicemail I am leaving right now doesn't stop you from ever doing them again. So, yeah, now I'm on the podcast, hopefully. Yay. Anyway, I won't waste any more of your time, as I know that's a valuable resource to people who can't time travel. So I'm going to try my best to catch up to the present. And again, just want to say I love the podcast, Greg, and future me, if and when you're listening to this, I promise not to suffocate you with your pillow. Thanks for calling in, Josiah. I appreciate your dedication to your podcast listening. And yes, now you are on the podcast. I wonder if you'll jump ahead at least to see if you are on this one, or maybe you won't hear this for a couple of years, but you've made it on the show. Congratulations. <laughs> Next up, we've got a call from our friend Chris Tall. Hey, Greg, this is Chris Tall calling. I wanted to uh, just bring up the fact that you may have missed a very special uh, live version of Cyclops Rock, and that is the Peter Noon version, so... I'll leave you to check out the Peter Noon version of Cyclops Rock. Enjoy. 
Thanks, Chris. I'm not sure how we missed that one, but I'm going to go ahead and rectify that right now. Here's a little bit of that version of Cyclops Rock. with the episode all right welcome to this might be a podcast the song by song podcast about the greatest band of all time they might be giants i am your host greg simpson and i'm here with the band cartoon violence it's blake morse aka king robot and victor anderson aka dr octave and we're going to talk about the song your mom's all right the b-side from mink car here we go yeah really quick i am a professor robot professor robot. I, like, I like the idea of king i feel like i just got promoted i might change it now actually i like king robot i should have written it down it. in front of me <laughs> it's okay i love it i You've really been love it promoted i mean yeah i think i'd rather be a king than a professor Yeah, without a war or a coup or anything you're suddenly king that's pretty convenient there you go right just stepped right into the role how are you guys doing oh great great thing i just woke up just woke up. Okay. <laughs> I've been up, but I'm doing all right myself. I mean I'm one of those weird work from home graveyard shift night owl people. Oh, okay. So you can you you can just kind of pick your hours? Yeah, and when the sun is down and people are asleep, then I can actually focus on work, so it's really great. Yeah, yeah. People aren't bugging you. That's uh that's, that's, that's not a bad gig. Uh so I, I think before we even get into Team BG, I want you guys to tell uh the folks a little bit about uh the band. Well, what's the deal with cartoon violence? I ask myself that same thing every day. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we're Cartoon Violence USA. We, the USA is a new thing um, because uh, we, for reasons, we'll get into it in a second. But yeah, basically, we are a musical crime fighting duo. I am a uh, <laughs> a cyborg <laughs> war machine from another universe. <laughs> and uh, Doc Octave here is a mad musical scientist who opened a rift in space and time and brought me 
in from another dimension uh, where music is used as a weapon. And now uh, we basically are just here to destroy shitty music. <laughs> By making good music <laughs> and making fun of bad music at the same time. Uh-huh. The, the two hands of our magic school. And making fun of good music. I think we definitely <laughs> make fun of good music, too. I mean, in the way that Weird Al makes fun of good music. Yeah, exactly. In a way that shows how much we love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. totally. Uh, and I know um, we we were supposed to record a week ago. I know you guys had a uh, you had a show last week, right? We yeah. did. We did. It was it was fun. It was well attended, and people had fun. We showed off a new song that uh, is coming off our next album next year, uh, which will also be our fifteenth anniversary. Fifteenth. Uh, yeah, yeah. Two thousand eight is when we when we started the band. Jeez, yeah. wow! Yeah, we should have. You think we would have done more by now? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, life, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I could imagine that uh, you guys with the um, with the style of uh, you know stuff that you guys do, it might be kind of hard to find perhaps like-minded bands to share bills with or am i wrong is portland just just teaming with uh you know oh just you know the car cartoonish actually, uh duos uh <laughs> punk chip tune nah, duos it's it's funny yeah. the last band we played with last week uh, also wore costumes that's a rarity in our world yeah but it does exist uh there's other bands that are like lighthearted yeah, there's there's Irreverent, some fun time Charlie bands quirky, around here. Quirky. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, we have some friends in a band called Creature Party, and they're definitely kind of in that atmosphere. I don't think there's anyone doing like something so heavily humorous, though. Yeah, yeah, I think we kind of have nailed that. But the you know we started off a lot of our shows were with uh, chiptune bands and video game bands and things like that, yeah. and that's why we ended up doing so much chiptune stuff as well like we did a whole album that was just like chiptune backing no drums no bass but um uh yeah we found that like the punk scene has actually been very embracing of us like we just went on tour with um uh basically the best of both worlds we went on tour with these these bands trivial menace which is a punk band from vegas and another band decaying tigers which is like a chiptune rock band from Vegas, so it kind of like we walked the line of like the two scenes that we've uh, been playing in most of our uh, career. Nice, nice. And so, if you guys are playing on a bill with uh, a bunch of other bands that are a lot more serious in their lyrical content, do you find yourselves having to kind of win over the crowd, or do, do people seem you know open to it? No, no. That's I think. Uh, the secret is, is everybody's a nerd in the punk and metal scenes and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Like the way we win over a crowd is by playing the show. Yeah. Yeah. And then afterwards people were like, I have no idea what I just watched. <laughs> I have no idea what I was expecting and I have no idea what I received, but it was great. Yeah. And so yeah. Like, we'll, we'll tailor set lists. You know, we've got, we started as more of a nerd rock, like Weezer type of band. And then we started playing, with more groups that were using, you know, Nintendos and Game Boys and Sega Genesis on stage. And so <laughs> then we lost a drummer and a bassist and we started doing more chiptune backing electronic stuff. Stopped doing so much live Weezer style nerd rock. Um, and, you know, we leaned on some like Casio keyboards mm-hmm. for live shows as well. Mm-hmm. And so that we've got that whole period of stuff that's less full bandy. 
but we've got full bandy songs. We've got stuff that's more hip hop. We're doing more raps and oh yeah, uh, that kind of stuff cool. lately. So like, mm. depending on what kind of show we're playing, we're like, do we want this to be more punkish? Do we want this to be more rock? Do we want this to be more hip hop? Do we want this to be like the less nerdy songs because people are just gonna cross their arms and stare at this show? Yeah, that's or the more nerdy songs, people are gonna like <laughs> scream and put their arms in the air. Yeah. Well, that's good. He got regardless, such a deep well to pull from. Yeah, regardless, we always end rapping about dinosaurs eating people. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's required. Basically, we work from every set list backwards. Well, we have to end with the dinosaur song. <laughs> okay, so despite what you just told me with all these different styles and stuff, is there one song that I could go ahead and drop in here for people to get, you know, a glimpse into the world of uh, cartoon violence? I mean, oh, I think medicine's probably yeah. a good middle ground. It's like mid-career. It's got electric guitar and chiptune stuff and it's like a devo inspired bop yeah okay Medicine so which uh which releases this off of uh, two fat two fail two fat two fail and yes one is the number two one is the roman numeral two because we make it really easy for search engines <laughs> yeah well, the, the cover art on this does look very like uh, early 90s hip-hop style yeah I, I we were going. That. I think I, Clarissa explains it all. Okay, was, kind of was a big influence. On <laughs> yeah, that if Clarissa album designed a De La Soul album, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's listen to uh, "Medicine" then by Cartoon Violence. here to talk about tmbg i'm not sure who wants to offer up their fandom story first but i don't know how either of you got into they might be ba- they might be giants so who would like to uh should we go chronologically what you get into them oh i i i think i got into them before you actually yeah, i think 1990 yeah you like doc here is a much i would say a much bigger fan of they might be giants than me um not to say that i'm not a, a lifelong fan but um the way that I discovered They Might Be Giants was they had a music video show on Nickelodeon when I was a child. And they played they played two of They Might Be Giants videos. One was Istanbul, and I think the other one was Birdhouse in Your Soul. And, um, yeah, this was years before it was on Tiny Toons, too. Mm. Um, and that was like how I discovered them, and like it just clicked with me immediately, even at a young age, you know. And like, 
it was such a like the Istanbul video with all the stop motion like uh like uh like animation and stuff like that. Yeah. Just like had me intrigued. It was so weird looking, you know. It was kind of like, you know, what am I as a child like looking at here? Yeah, you think yeah, about what other music videos looked like in 1990 and it was not that like at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think was that Nick Rocks? Nick I think Rocks. that might have been. It. I think they actually hosted uh, an episode of that show yeah, at that, one point. But that was not my first intro. I'm I'm a Tiny Toons kid. I think, Greg, you're also oh, yes. got introduced. Oh, yes. Through those little animated nuggets. Yep. Um, yeah, like I was, 90% I, of the people our age, it's, 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 that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I, I was watching Tiny Toons, and it was I remember it was right about the time the Gulf War started. That's my, like, huh. childhood you know, timeline marker. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it was just like, I was already watching Tiny Toons and suddenly now it's a music video show and I didn't know what to think. And you you know, that, that show's so irreverent, I figured They Might Be Giants was a band they made up for the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was it's fictional. Common and so I just like mm-hmm. lived my life thinking that that was just a Tiny Toons universe joke. And then um, I think I was at the library one day in my hometown and I saw Flood on cassette at the library. I was like, what? It's a real band? <laughs> and so my They made the my Tiny first, Tunes band real. <laughs> my first They Might Be Giants experience of, of, own, of having their music in my home was uh, I rented the cassette from the library mm-hmm. and I dubbed it on my Radio Shack dual cassette deck. Mm-hmm. And I went to the five cent photocopier in the library and I, I folded out the J card from the cassette and I copied <laughs> the liner notes. So I had all the lyrics and uh, all the songs and, and I wore that tape out. Nice. <laughs> yes. I, 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 you got as many nineties uh, nostalgia points in there as possible. Uh, so, so I appreciate that. <laughs> and then my friend beeped me on my pager. <laughs> and then we put on our slap bracelets. <laughs> and then your jinkos. Oh no, Jinkos are evil. No matter what decade it that'd is, that'd be a little later. Yeah, I, I think Jinkos are <laughs> actually making 90s. a comeback. Which uh, yeah, I was a eleven year old. They might be Giants raver. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> bunch of just and you, you had like the little uh, what was the fuck that they would do like like a pacifier or some shit. That's yeah, that's the yeah. weirdest part about that uh, that. F- fashion yeah moment candy if if that the pacifier is the weirdest part about ravers you're still above the water on the icebergs so yeah i job. guess i guess yeah. that's true i don't really know anything about rave culture and um i'm fine with uh, keeping it that way uh <laughs> but yeah i got i got pretty heavy into the Mighty giants pretty early mm-hmm. you know i realized they were my favorite band shortly thereafter mm-hmm. um replacing def leppard and queen which i could never decide which one i liked better <laughs> as a kid um and you know, so I was on. Uh, I was an internet nerd as a teenager. I was on the alt.music.tmbg, and you know, early wiki stuff. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I would take uh, take my Iowa tape player with my Maxell metal tapes, mm-hmm. and I would bootleg every show I went to. Um, so there's a couple, you know, late '90s TMBG live recordings out there uh, in the community that are from from my pocket. Amazing. 
Awesome. Yeah, and, and back in the day, it didn't seem like people were as open to you uh, taping their shows. I imagine you had to conceal that on the way in. Yeah, I had one of those um, uh, ones with the remote mic. Mm. And so I'd like put the mic on my baseball cap. There's a little clip-on thing. And then I'd put the thing in my pocket and easy peasy. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Do you know, have, have these recordings made it up to uh, the Museum of Idiots uh, site? I believe they have. I sent them to Peter, and he ripped them. And uh, there's one from The Edge in Palo Alto, California in 97. <laughs> and uh, I think also the Fillmore that year. The Edge in Palo Alto. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was God. that was my first conga line and my first uh, <laughs> James K. Polk confetti cannon. Um that was on the the tour promoting then when they were doing the part of the set that was just two Johns and the bands walked off stage. So I kind of like, awesome. even though I wasn't there for the first, you know, 10 years of the band uh, playing shows as a duo, like I did get to see one of those effectively duo concerts as one of my first. So that was great. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, have either of you guys gotten to see them on the, uh, the, the much, uh, pushed back flood tour yeah yeah we, we were standing right next shoulder to, to shoulder other. yeah holding hands looking in each other's eyes it was yeah. our second flood show i think yeah and it, it this one wasn't intentional we we, we tried to go we, we thought we were like oh let's go to the show that isn't flood because we both went to a flood show together before but uh it got so yeah. confusing with the dates when there's two nights in a row that mm -hmm. both got rescheduled for three years in a row. It's like, I just kept forgetting. Um, but yeah, one was the mink car show and one was the flood show. Oh. I went to both with different sets of people. Yeah. And I wanted to go to the mink car show, but ended up at the flood show, but it was fine. It was still a good time. And I had been really hoping to hear women and men live and, uh, I was like, Oh, well, I guess it's guaranteed now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty safe bet. <laughs> I would have loved to have gone to one of those mink car ones. Uh, but one that I know that they did not play at those, however, was Your Mom's All Right, which, yeah, you know. What, is yeah. this one of the rarest live They Might Be Giants songs to actually be featured on a release of an album? <sighs> well, I mean, are, are we calling it that, though, since it was on the European and Japanese releases of mink car? I mean, I guess it is officially. Yeah, it's, it's now on the vinyl, right? The, the reissue. Yeah. They've retconned yeah, it. It's they, a it's a real song. <laughs> it's a no real longer made song. of wood, yeah, and uh, incense and jazz. Well, they've played it nine times. I'm I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm there's there's some album cuts that have only been played once. I mean, there's stuff yeah, like, yeah. especially I think there's a handful of the kids songs that maybe got played like once and then sure. never yeah. again. There's, but yeah, such a massive catalog. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah, and so many songs that have never been played ever, and a lot of them that really deserve to be. But yeah. what are you going to do? And uh, so, yeah, usually here a demo section would go, but there is no demo section to this song. I mean, this is one I would have loved to have heard, like, where it started from. Like, this one, and, I mean, like, Mr. Excitement, too, being uh two songs that worked on with Mike Doty of Soul Coughing and The Elegant Two. Um like to hear like where it started from. Cause these songs for me, Mr. Excitement and this one, they almost sound more like 
soul coughing songs that have they might be giants guesting on them even though the way it's labeled is the other way around i don't know how you guys feel that's the mike doty touch exactly yeah are you guys soul coughing fans yeah big time yeah i think like i think there's three bands that really unite uh the two of us i feel and that's um they might be giants soul coughing and uh self Oh man, Gizmodry is uh, one of my all-time favorites. Oh, so good! <laughs> yeah, we were we were both big self fans back in the day from like album one, and then like after we started hanging out more and discovering what kind of music we had in common, we're like, oh my god, you know that band too? It's one of those bands that only five people know. Yeah, self yeah. really seems to have been like kind of lost to history, sadly. But, well, uh, Matt Mahaffey's doing all right for himself. Like when you produce the Shrek soundtrack, yeah, <laughs> like it kind of doesn't matter how many people know your band because you're rolling in the millions. Yeah, still like, dude's though, I, I out think... there working with Beyonce and stuff. So I think he's, he's producing yeah, Imagine yeah. Dragons. Like he's he's got his That's shit covered. Wild. But he's he's been one of those those idols. Like you throw musicians like like Beck and Ben Folds and and Matt Mahaffey in this group of like wonderkins that can play every instrument work every piece of studio equipment to do mm-hmm. the entire thing themselves and then also bring in a fantastic band to play it live yeah yeah we've actually um we've seen soul coughing live as well oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh it was the Snowcore tour god that was yes. horrible oh i loved it i loved it okay like, <laughs> what year are we talking here oh my god must have been like 98, 98. Yeah. yeah okay um this was okay. Uh, I was excited because Red Man opened for them, and I what? am I'm all about the Wu Tang Clan. Wow! <laughs> at the time, I'm half about the Wu Tang. Yeah, Man. but at the time, <laughs> I get the you, money. At the time, bills, y'all. At the time, you were not enjoying that show as much as I did. I was I not recall. enjoying it as much. It was it was yeah. Method Man and Red Man. Uh, yeah, they were touring together. Um, That's crazy. For what? Doc's the name now, I think. So they opened for Soul Coughing. So coughing played in the middle, and then Everclear was headlining, <laughs> and neither of us liked Everclear, so we just we walked out. That is I almost never walk bill. out of a show, but I will walk out on Everclear. Yeah, that is bonkers. That, such a crazy lineup. That doesn't right? make any sense to me. It's the most '90s lineup <laughs> yeah. I've ever. It was like the Vans Snowcore tour. It was Vans yeah. doing a snowboarding targeted. Thing. Was huh. it Vans or was it the soap shoes that like had the like rail grinding on? Well, it? I think oh, the, I had parallels. Oh man, yeah, dude, <laughs> it just looked like an accident waiting to happen. Yeah, I could do but, some um, huge rails on those things. You, you free you head know, injury you. with every shoe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're safer is, than um, wheelies. At least those, those, you, you're not slipping on the soap unless you want to. <laughs> those things were great. <laughs> Never had the wheelie stuff. Uh, yeah, and we've seen <laughs> Self. We've seen Self twice. We've traveled to New York and to Los Angeles to see that band on the what 25th anniversary of the first oh, album. Yeah. Mm, amazing. Wow. Yeah, yeah with uh, Your Mom's All Right, I'd really love to know who, like, who got the ball rolling with this, or was it like a jam session? There's so many questions I have with, with these weird, you know, these collaborations that were happening mostly around the around the turn of the century for for they might be giants they were doing all these like guest spots and all these yeah yeah the mink car sessions were definitely like a period of artistic collaboration and exploration for them yeah i mean they were working with chris collingwood from fountains of wayne Mm -hmm. on some of those songs like another first kiss um and uh i really liked what he was bringing to the band and of course being a 
Soul Coughing and Mike Doty fan, like when I first heard that they were doing a collab, of course I was on eMusic. So I got <laughs> the first sneak peek of that. And it was, it was just, you know, it's one of those things when, you know, they release a new flavor of potato chip. That's like a flavor <laughs> you've been waiting for. Uh, Mike Doty flavored. They might be giants. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Two great tastes that taste great together. Once um, you pop, you can't stop. So, I have a theory that, yeah, that like the, the chorus is mostly they might be giants and that the verse is more Mike Doty. I think there are a few lines that. of the, the, I, th- I think there's a few lines of lyrics that aren't Mike Doty in there. But like the 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 lyrical content is very much him, and also that that sort of like whole step sort of progression uh, during the verse is also something that Mike Doty does a lot, mm. where it's like sounds like a perfect fifth, maybe. Oh, not to get doom, too music. Doom, doom. Yeah, yeah, a little staccato arpeggiating. Um, he's, yeah. I mean, he's really famous for his Jenka Jank. Like that's even what he calls it. The <laughs> Jenka Jank songs in his collection. Um, is that referring to the, yeah, the muting and the guitar? You know, like you do that and you do some weird beat poetry over it and you like enunciate the last syllable of every word. And suddenly you're making a Mike Doty song. It's not lawn mower. It's lawn mower. Yeah, yeah. Put that extra syllable in there. So that's your that's ass is grass. <laughs> yeah, it's a very simple song. Like it's very groove based, and not that TMBG doesn't have any grooves, but like they typically aren't just like laying into like one chord progression for as long as you know soul coughing would tend right. to do. Yeah. You know, there right. tends to be well, with soul coughing, you'd have more textural stuff. There was samples yeah. and old old thirties swing songs and random cartoons pulled into it. So even when the when the groove was just sustaining, you had this texture on top. And sure. I think there's there's a little less of that when Mike Doty combined with They Might Be Giants because they're not as like live. They're not like that. If you put them back in their you know. Doctor Rhythm Drum Machine answering machine days. Yes, they're they're doing that stuff too, but they've they've moved past that. Yeah, but you hear right. you hear that you hear that on the parts of this song that don't have lyrics, like the instrumental part of the song. You really hear them like layering stuff, yeah. like that keyboard part that sounds really underwater. That yeah, they add. the warblies. Yeah, I, I think that's that's not Mike Doty. Yeah, right. I think he's but Linnell, it's almost like Linnell is playing in a uh, soul coughing style or something or like they almost sound like 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 uh, keyboard lines you hear in like a cake song or something like that. Yeah, it's a little yeah. less clean. Cake's usually much cleaner, more like a death row sine wave, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but you know, I imagine that it was the kind of thing where like they're both New York folks and they're I think uh both Brooklynites. Um, and so they probably knew each other just from the New York art rock scene for years when Soul Coughing was still a band. Mm-hmm. And then well, they like played shows together in like the early 90s. Yeah. 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 But I'm sure they also like hung just out. hung out. Yeah, too. for sure. Um, and, you know, when Soul Coughing broke up, their last album was in 99. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the period that the Mink Car Sessions were being done in. I think you've got a guy who was in a band who's not in a band anymore who knows this other band who's working on a new album. He's like, Hey, can I hang out at the studio? 
or like one of the Johns is like, hey, Mike, we're doing an album. The Elegant Two will be there. I think you'd get along. Yeah. Um, it, it was probably something like that, that in the soup of collaboration, Mike Doty was just this like crouton that fell out of somebody's <laughs> salad onto the table. <laughs> I almost think this is like, it could be a song that Mike brought to them um, as well. And was like, you guys want to do something with this? Because he wasn't really doing a solo act at that point. Uh, I, I mean, mean, he 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 had solo material. He hadn't yet taken his solo career off. Yeah, he wasn't. Because ninety seven was skittish. Yeah, but he wasn't. He was still soul coughing then. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't like going out on tour as M Doty yet. Yeah, yeah, but, but that was the transitional period where he started that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. It it could be yeah it's definitely something I mean I looked up the BMI ASCAP uh, uh, things oh yeah and for yeah for this song it was it's just the two Johns and and Mike uh, are credited and uh, Mike Doty is at the top of that list okay. I don't know if that is a ranking but it the the it looked like the the royalties are split evenly three ways like i think he might get like one hmm. percent more than them but um and nothing for so, phil hernandez or chris maxwell no not on this one no i, I was uh, on mr excitement uh they're on there uh as uh, they have songwriting credit on this but but for this song it's just the three of them hmm. yeah i get the feeling that these both of those songs Mike Doty was mostly playing the lyrical inspiration and delivery ingredient that yeah. They sound more like they might be giant songs than Mike Doty songs or soul coughing songs if you subtract the lyrics and the delivery. Oh like, yeah. The, yeah, the, the song out, is sure. of the style that you know when he was in soul coughing he was he was actually not doing a lot of the songwriting because he was the the lyricist in front of a jazz combo like those guys all played together before he joined the band they were like 10 years older than him they had their own vibe and he complained a lot about kind of not fitting in Hmm. um and so he would just kind of talk his lyrics over the top of what they were doing Hmm. and and it feels like with these they might be giants collaborations he was in a similar vein where i don't i don't think the songs sound like his songwriting i can't feel the janka jank it's not so much the melody structure he does do more chord changes than these songs normally have i think they're they were largely driven by the elegant two musically um yeah like that drum because it's got phil hernandez credit as as drums you know we don't get dan hickey in on this one or dan miller or danny weinkoff we don't get any of the dan's uh, it looks like when they did it live this is dan miller territory Mm -hmm. um but and then and then would that also be hickey as well yeah that time period yep Mm -hmm. yeah the band of dan's yeah Yeah, we get them on the live versions that we will hear uh, yeah, the synth later. is totally different on the live version too, which I mm-hmm. I don't think I care for as much. Okay, all right, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Just throw the pre opinion out there. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this song just seems so you know driven by that drum beat. I mean, it's it starts with the drums. The whole track starts with the drums. It seems yeah. like something that you know Phil Hernandez would have been just like kind of fucking around with, and then the rest of the guys jumped in. But could be wrong. They don't get songwriting credit, so. Maybe not. I mean, they still might have written their parts or something and yeah, recorded them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have, they recorded them, right? So I I don't know. Yeah, it's weird that they um, didn't get credit on there. Yeah, 
Yeah, it is weird because on Mr. Excitement, like uh, a bunch of people listed. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but just on on this song, just three the three of them. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. You can hear the you can hear that Mike Doty jank on the chorus though. Like that chorus is just. I don't know. That sounds more like Flans Power Rock to me. I mean, it's it's tough. I don't know. It's like a it's a it's a great blend. I I mean, sure. I think that's what's cool about it. It is it is a little tough to kind of discern it because like you go to the, like if you go to like if you think about the verse, honestly, the verse reminds me of a few different soul coughing songs, like that. Doom 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 doom. Sure. You know that's. Yeah, it almost sounds like, like they're kind of trying to like meet in the middle. Like they're all like, mm-hmm. yeah. well, well Dodie, he, he might like this, and then Flames play a little, a little riff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what's that's what's so tasty about it. That's but what I like about this. I've song. never heard anybody talk about the process though. I mean, even like I've found articles where Mike Dodie is talking about they might be giants, and he just talks about it as a fan. Yeah. Like he, he never even mentions when asked about the band. Oh yeah, we did two songs together. Here's how it went. Yeah, that's odd. Mm-hmm. That's odd. <laughs> I, I'm not just a fan. I'm also mm-hmm. a guest member. Uh, yeah, the um, the drums in this are really cool, and then it's kind of a. Um, I mean, you definitely got live drums, but then they're manipulated too, and kind of like you know sampling. It's like they're sampling his own live drum track in a real cool way. And there's a lot of uh, panning and kind of like jittery kind of uh, cuts and stuff like that. And it's it's a real fun song to listen to on uh, headphones. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I like the stuff they did with the elegant too. I think they're they're all good collaborations. Like, man, it's so loud in here is great. <clears throat> One of my favorite songs is "Am I Awake." Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wish I wish that song was on more albums. <laughs> I know it like got one. shuffled off to an EP. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a shame. Um, and so you you said Victor that you were a member of uh, E Music. So you heard this one like fresh off of Team BG Unlimited, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was not aware of this song for like forever. <laughs> I mean, so like yeah. I mean, I just knew it as an E Music exclusive. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even have any idea it was on like Japanese release of the album or anything like that. Right. Yeah. And the releases, uh, it's got <laughs> two thousand one sampler. Team G Unlimited, 2001 Radio Sampler Number Two, Dialasong.com, Minkar European and Japanese releases, Man It's So Loud in Here EP Australian release. <laughs> it's got like a million yeah. releases, except for Minkar until now. I guess you could say yeah. it's officially a Minkar track now. Yeah, we can reinvent the past. Hmm. Um. How long will your oxygen last? This one, it doesn't have anyone listed for the bass. And I was trying to tell, listening closer today, if I thought it was a bass guitar or some sort of synth bass. And to me, it feels like it's a bass guitar. So I'm wondering if Weinkoff is, is sneakily on the track and we just don't know in the credits here. Any uh, guesses on that? Hmm. Mike, so it could be Mike Doty playing guitar and somebody else playing bass. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't listened closely enough with that mindset to figure out if it's a synth bass or a live bass or who's playing it. Yeah. That's because to me, it does, it does kind of sound like a, a, like a Danny part. Like it's got like Danny can, can groove with the best of him. 
And I think it sounds like a Danny part, but it also sounds maybe a little too repetitive to be a Danny part. So I'm really uh, definitely unsure on that one. And there's no one credited. It feels a little minimalist to me, especially like, I mean, overall, it's a pretty minimalist song when you think about it. And until they until they come in with some layers towards the end mm-hmm. um like it's mostly just that sort of you've got the drum beat and you've got that 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 you got the 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 basic melody just that don't 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 with some bass slides and i think that's what to me makes me think the bass is live is the way that the way stuff slides mm-hmm. in yeah, that song exactly like like cuz that's 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 tougher to do if you're doing it i mean you can use a portamento but getting like just that right sort of to it, yeah, right, you is, can tell. is difficult. The tonal change with it is is harder to do with the in the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they just didn't do a good job of the studio notes for that song. You know, it wasn't That's meant to I'm be thinking. on the album. You've got collaborators in. You're you're vibing. It might even be a song that like they brought Dodie in on purpose to do Mister Excitement, and while he was there, they were like. Oh, this riff sounds like a soul coughing song. What can you do with this? And yeah, they like didn't like, have it planned out. They didn't have the credits down there, and that's why they look different. That's why we don't know who played bass. He's got. He's like, I got some lyrics about sour cream, <laughs> <laughs> and that could also be why we don't get BMI credits for uh, the Elegant Two guys. Yeah, I, I think you might be onto something there. Yeah, the, just uh, been the a little like accident crafting project, right? Like they rented a room at Michael's for a day to do some like <laughs> scrapbooking, but it's a song instead. Uh, so lyrically, uh, which song makes more uh, sense, Mister Excitement or Your Mom's All Right? Oh my gosh! Oh my I god! Mean... What's what's wetter, a, a monsoon or a downpour? Like, come on! They're, it's all nonsense. Yeah. He's he's a tone poet. You know, he makes sounds that feel good in his whoa, mouth. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What like does... he's he's also an incredible actual poet, but like a lot of what he does is about the sound of it, not the meaning of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't like. I don't know what's. I mean, your ass is grass, and I'm a lawnmower. That makes sense to me. That's like something like some WWE wrestler is going to say before a match. Right. Like that's to me, this is Mike Doty's like pre like wrestling match smack talking. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I mean, not least the East wing is it. Oh, that's just Mike Doty like through and through for sure. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's this dance he plays between sense and nonsense and there's no ground plane. Yeah, honestly, that is the, I mean, that is the most Mike Doty line of the whole damn song is like the not least the East Wing and ungrease the beast thing. That's, that is yeah. like pure Mike Doty right there. Yeah. Like those, like that rhyme scheme. And then uh, I really, really appreciate the, um, God, where is it? You are the, the un. The onion, I am the sour cream. Or uh, through scallions, I am the sour cream. Bring yeah. forth the froth, I am the hot steam. Through scallions. It's it's a very pleasant line. Through scallions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it, I, yeah, it just, it, it resonates with me. Yeah. <laughs> the um, ridiculousness. 
But it's yeah. like no one uses the preposition through with the word scallions. They're dictionary correct. Mm-hmm. It's just his usage is so off the wall. Yeah. Even even when they're real words in a real order, it just stands out as like, oh, that's a boutique placement of those words. Nice job, Mike. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, he's just sour cream. Like they're scallions. They're just getting mixed. They're just going to get lost in the sour cream. It still makes sense. Yeah. Like that's the thing is it's okay. It's weird. I don't know what ungrease the beast thing <laughs> could possibly be. Well, mean you can't help. catch the beast thing when it's greasy. I'm just going to start there. It's uh, going to slip out of your mouth. How do you ungrease it? Like dab it with paper towels? With detergents? You get like a sprayer with a detergent? Okay. So first you're going to get the beast. penguins. <laughs> you're just going to, somehow you're going to spray it with detergent when you can't already catch it. All right. Well, yeah. This is like a longitudinal, like, multiple blocks down the street chase kind of thing you got a fire truck with a detergent you, 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 you've got like kids with super soakers chasing uh-huh them. yeah you got like you know blues Brothers styles cop car crashes going off in the distance i guess we can ungrease the beast thing. <laughs> grease the beast. i mean it takes a village i guess it takes a village to ungrease the beast thing that's what this song's about yeah I want yeah. to know if this your mom just, is part uh, of the village. If this just was totally off the cuff, do you think he ad libbed this? Do you think this is all uh, improvised? I don't. I think I think no. there's a notebook. I think there's literally word for word every single one of these things written down in Mike Doty scrawl somewhere. <laughs> Put a yeah, lot I of think that's his style into this onion roll and mayonnaise jar. The- <laughs> I also didn't realize till I was listening to like r- this afternoon th- with the weird affected vocals, the, the pop rock and the bongos thing that happens in the middle. Someone's saying the word bongos. Yeah. That yeah. And it's all and punk treated. Rock. They're just saying punk rock over and over. Pop rock. Well, here says pop rock. Do you think it's punk rock? I thought it was punk rock. I always heard pop rocks. So I, I would believe pop rock. Yeah. You know, I'm a Mr. Rock. Bungle fan, and I'm a Pop Rocks fan, so I like to hear it as Pop Rocks Bungle. But, Pop Rocks you know, Bungle. I'll, I'll accept it's Pop Rock Bongos. Oh, you don't know that famous uh, philosophical dilemma, Pop Rocks Bungle? Oh, no, yeah. I'm just... <laughs> I haven't um, worked out that trolley problem yet. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was punk rock, but I could be wrong. Hmm. Uh, and another question with Mr. Excitement or this song, which uh, song has more yes yeses in it? <laughs> more yeses That's in yes. That's got to be Mr. Excitement. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, I mean, the end here, according to the wiki, there are 32 yeses at the end with the all right, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, interjections of a yes yeah. at the end, you know? <laughs> are they interjections or are they interjections? Interjections, yes. <laughs> I also don't understand wow. how people could hate Mr. Excitement. Now, I don't know if you guys saw that, <laughs> uh, listen to that episode, but we defended it to the death. I mean, how oh. could you not love singing along with that? And this one, too, I think I need to get the lyrics memorized better because this one is just so ridiculously fun uh, to sing. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is an, an earworm, like to be, to be, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, should we listen to these live versions? Ooh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds all right. 
That sounds all right. So this first one, there's not a date on it. So this is them playing it as sound checks. So I don't know. Do you technically call it? They played it at a live show. I don't know if this is one of the nine times or this is an extra one. Uh, is this the one from the direct from Brooklyn yes, Easter eggs? Yes. Just a little like quick cam or whatever. Very pixelated looking. Definitely uh, a certified potato camera. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, let's let people listen to this. This is a, a, a minute long version of Your Mom's All Right. Yeah. Your Mom's All Right. Your Mom's All Right. I'm wondering, you know, if Dodie was there, did they have a show with Soul Coughing? Or well, Soul Coughing was already broken up. Do they have a, have have a show with him doing solo? You said he or you said he wasn't doing solo stuff live yet. I I era. mean, I think it has to be they wanted to play the song live with him once. It's like some random show that it worked out that he could be there, and they sound checked mm-hmm. with him. And they did it with him. I, I would love a you know an actual audience live recording because it seems silly that they would sound check with him if they didn't perform with him. Yeah, I'm wondering yeah. if that was the uh, November third, two thousand was the the premiere of it, and I could not find a recording of it at that show. The the one we're going to listen to next is from the third performance of it, which does not have Mike Doty. So I'm wondering though that was Washington D.C. Seems like maybe if he was at one of them, it would have been one of the, uh, maybe on November 23rd in 2000, they played at the Bowery Ballroom. Mm. I don't know. Seems like mm. someone would know that. Let's get Euless on the case. Uh, where that sound check is from. Um, but yeah, what, what do we think about that little that little mini jam on uh, Your Mom's All Right there? It's, it's, it's fun. Yeah, it's... It's it's grooving. It's just it, it does. It's a little too brief, really. Yeah, I feel like that's the amount of lyrics they could remember. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of like okay, like uh, sound. Everything sounds good, and we're we're good to go. And that was that was kind of it. Yeah, I mean, it's really great to see Mike Doty with them doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the you know in both this and and the other live recordings the the difference of how Linnell's doing the synth live versus the album it lacks the texture it's more in your face it's louder mm-hmm. um i'm not sure it meets the song at the same level as as the recorded versions mm. 
And I don't think like, you know, if, if this is a song that they have been playing live for 15, 20 years now that like they've put in their set, I'm sure it would have evolved into a, something that was more their own. Mm, right. Um, but you know, they're playing an elegant two song with somebody else's lyrics on it. You know, they're, they, it's not a thing that they feel they've crafted themselves like other songs, I think. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But so are you saying you like the live version better than the studio version? No, no. I just I like the live version with Doty more than live version without Doty, and I like the studio more than live. I think that's my ranking. Got it. Okay, okay. Well, let's go ahead and listen to this one though. This is the third performance, then, uh, which I found on Museum of Idiots, and it's like I said, November ninth, two thousand. Yeah, this one. Well, this one. This one is that Bowery Ballroom one in New York. So this one does not have Doty. So. Who knows what one he was sound checking there at, uh, but let's go ahead and check this one out. Flans fronted. So we think, uh, you know, Flans didn't quite uh, cut the cut the snuff doing the doty. You just yeah. got to work on the enunciation uh, more. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's not bad. It's just, uh, yeah, it's almost like hearing a karaoke song. <laughs> yeah. You know, if that yeah. makes any sense. Like somebody really nailing it at karaoke, but still... Not the original performer, right? Maybe he didn't. Yeah. He didn't want to feel like he was doing an impression of his friend, no, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, but that's what I would do. I mean, but I'm not friends with Mike Doty. It it is what it is. When you can't summon Mike Doty on demand, you have to make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of surprising to me that they played this song nine times. I mean, there's, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a handful of like true original track list mink car songs that have never been played live i i, I could yeah. be wrong but i feel like i've come across a couple that have never been played live but uh yeah yeah i times. think maybe making it an e-music thing and putting it on samplers made them feel like it was more in rotation and fans would know it and want to mm-hmm. hear it yeah yeah mm-hmm. um so we are on to the covers section, and both of the covers come from uh, the TMBS uh, Minkar anniversary tribute compilation. Uh, they might be ship posting, or they might be song posting, if you prefer. Uh, and, and the first one, this is an interesting one by uh, Alex Tree, and uh, there's a note here on the track on the Bandcamp. I apologize for what hell I hath wrought upon this earth. And with that, <laughs> here it is. Great disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
bombs. All right. Your ass is grass, and I'm a lawnmower. You dandelion, I am a sunflower. The darkest night. The veil of no hope. You piece of tape. They might be giants. Here come. A post-it note. Yeah! Yeah. Your mom's alright. Your mom's alright. Your ass is grass tongue out and I'm a lawnmower eggplant sweat droplets sweat droplets flushed. Incense and jaws. Whatever that means. I... I'm a leaf blower. Through scallions, I am sour cream. Bring forth the froth, I am the hot steam. Your mom is all right. There is no act of valor here. No, <laughs> no great deed commemorated. <laughs> so Hunter Alex Brown is uh, Alex Tree here and 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 lists himself as vocals slash production question mark <laughs> and it has a whole bunch of clips uh credited here and stock sound effects and such what did what, what do we what do we make of this here recording oh somewhere between william shatner and a poetry slam <laughs> i would say it's kind of the vibe i got from it yeah i, I was getting uh negative land vibes a little bit um it's it's obviously uh you know if you you know once again if you can't summon mike Doty on demand you make <laughs> sacrifices no one's gonna sing like him the song is is maybe hard to recreate in, in an honest version so i i mean i dig the avant-garde-ness of it for sure yeah mm-hmm. it's an experience i really like the opening yeah it starts out very spooky yeah, I like it. Swells up, and then you think it's building to something, and then it's like I'm talking to you. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? Hi, how you doing? How's it going? Your ass, your mom's grass. <laughs> your, your mom's all right. She's no, she's okay. Yeah, your mom is all right. <laughs> and, and this next one here, uh, Doctor Octave himself. Yeah. Uh, doing uh, what is the longest track? I'm gonna drop in this whole thing of 41 minutes and nine seconds. Yeah. Just kidding, please. Uh, the-
So you did an uh, entire um, piano medley of the whole friggin' mink car, including... And I wanted to include as many of the extra songs as possible, mm-hmm. so including the deluxe release. Right. Yep, yep. So what... <laughs> how did this come about? What inspired this, and how did you prepare for this one? Because it does say, recorded in one take on your iPhone, but I don't... Yeah. I, I, this had to have taken some work. Um, you know, I think for Mink Car, I barely practiced. <laughs> um, so, so since I was a kid, I've just, I've, I've had this gift where, um, you know, I can play piano by ear pretty well. Mm-hmm. And if something gets stuck in my head radio, it's just there forever. Um, and you know, pretty much every, they might be giants album is just in there forever. And it's one of those things where you listen to something enough, you you know, you anticipate the next song in your head when the previous sure. one's starting and you just kinda kinda know it. So most of the songs were in that category for me, but I also hadn't listened to it much um in recent years. So uh when I sat down to do it, I I definitely, you know, pulled up the album and like just hit next track a couple of times, making sure I, I remembered the feel of everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a couple tracks, uh, like my man where I was like, Oh, this song is great. I haven't listened to it in so long. I kind of forgot, you know, what was cool about it. Um, and so there's times when, you know, I go into a performance, I I'll usually have a track listing. I'll figure out what order I want to play the songs in. And, um, I don't read sheet music, so I just keep it where the sheet music would be and glance at it as, as a, a cheat sheet. But I'm really going off the cuff. I've you know so I've got this not like, even chord charts even. No, I got nothing. Jesus, um, I kind of transpose everything on the fly, um, in um, whatever key I'm playing in. We actually just another uh, to take a moment to shamelessly plug another act of ours. We actually have a band that we do where it's a uh, just basically a lounge act where I play drums and he plays piano. And we do 80s and 90s pop songs, just like piano and drums, lounge style. Like, no no vocals or anything. Oh, cool. Um, this yeah. is, so but, yeah, it's the we, same skill set that I yeah. use, but with drums. So yeah, this is separate than Cartoon Violence. Yeah, this yeah. is called Chewbacca Khan. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, just because. I just don't, because. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but it's, it started with me just being able to do this on piano. And I would do it at parties, you know, like... In my teens, you know, the latest uh, Blink-182 song or, nice. or whatever, like, I'd be at a party and just play it on a piano. And people like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And so <laughs> it's just kind of this thing I had in my back pocket. And we use it with Chewbacca Khan to have this outlet where we can just play improv music. You know, we we listen to the songs enough to know this, the structure of changes when we're playing together. Mm-hmm. But when I'm playing alone on piano, I'll just jump into a song sort of knowing it, and I'll figure it out. And... If I don't figure it out, I'll play something that sounds nice in key as a transition to something that I do remember. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you go through that mink car performance with a fine tooth comb, you're going to notice the parts where my brain is not working right in recalling, you know, what part of the song comes next. Um, but I'm playing something. <laughs> right. So yeah, I just, I I just, just keep doing that enough. This. Yeah, I had this on in the background while I was doing some other stuff today. And there's a lot of cool... Uh, I mean, I like it in that it makes... Um, well, I like a good instrumental cover, for one. Um, 
but you taking these liberties with them makes it more interesting than if it were just like, oh, I plug this into some <laughs> MIDI program and now just the computer's playing the song on the piano yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah, so I think it, it really started with They Might Be Giants in, in the modern era of Dr. Octave on Piano. Um, I found a free electric organ on Craigslist and uh, brought it into my basement with the help of a friend and, the, you know, the first thing I could think of was that I wanted to play the electric organ. Oh, so, you know... Um, John Henry is a very important, uh, they might be giants album in my history as a fan. And, uh, I had an electric organ. So I, I did an organic John Henry, as I called it. I just tried to play the whole album through as an improv playing as an excuse to play with the organ and figure out what the different stops and switches did. Yeah. Um, changing up the tempos and rhythms and, and sounds. So that's on, on my YouTube at doc octave. And, uh, that was how I got started with the, uh, they won't be Giants covers uh, as full improv albums in one take. And I Have think you done I've other done albums? three or four of them. Yeah. I did. So I did um, uh, all of SEXXY is, is a separate release on the TMBS Bandcamp. Um, and then I did. Um, Yeah, I've done at least two or three of them on TMBS releases. Yes, there's a picture of you laying on the organ on it. <laughs> the yeah. cover, yeah. organic SEXXY, yeah. Yeah. I'm also, uh, we've also done uh, They Might Be Giants covers Cartoon Violence. That's well. true. That's yeah. true. But just one song, not a whole album. And then we've both covered They Might Be Giants individually as well, independently of each other. Yeah. Like, down the road. Yeah, Cartoon Violence did Anna Ng uh, with Chiptune backing on our covers EP called Cartoon Violence Has Got You Covered. Um, and then I've been doing some collaborations with uh, Carmen Sparkles. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I know. A.K.A. Glory, Glory from the uh, TMBS boards. Um, so I think you well, already Now she's this... known as Glory, uh, part of the covers crew of this part part of podcast. Crew. Yep. <laughs> Um, was it stock of wheat that you uh, that you played? Yes, I believe there's others though. Let's yeah, see. Yeah, we've got one on the the album that's not out yet, or is it out yet? Mm, I think there's one that's making its debut on the show, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably we'll probably cover your mom's all right after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should. You really should. I'd like to hear what you guys do with this song. Take some liberties with it, for sure. Punk rock. Oh, yeah. Bungle. Punk rock, bungle? Punk rock, bungle. Punk rock, bungle. All right, well, somewhere in there, I will have dropped the the portion of uh, Your Mom's All Right in there. (laughs) I didn't really set it up that way, but it'll go in there somewhere. Uh, But I, I quite enjoyed that, and I like... I mean, I really like a lot of what you're doing with the left hand, too, because you're hearing, like, you know, the familiar melodic motives and such you know up in the high notes but like where you're kind of working around kind of improving on the on the left hand uh you know making up your own kind of bass lines i found that to be one of the most interesting parts of uh that whole uh symphony as it were my left hand only works in certain ways on a piano and it's it's uh 
you know, your mom's all right works because it's it's boom 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 is the, it's the fifth in the octave, and that's usually where my hand wants to rest. Sure, is I'll f- I'll find the scale and I'll rest on the fifth in the octave and and give myself some pretty good power chord capabilities mm-hmm. and um yeah I I tend to do a you know video game music is a big inspiration on a lot of my uh, musical playing and songwriting. And I, I, f- I feel like my bass lines are more video gamey than, than maybe <laughs> rock and rolly. Sure. Yeah. If you do just a bunch of open fifths, you know, walking around, it just starts sounding a bit like uh, Zelda or something like that. Um, yeah. So th- these are, th- these were the only covers. If it wasn't for team BS, uh, would have had nothing. I searched filling uh, a hole in the universe. Yeah. Searched Bandcamp, searched SoundCloud, searched YouTube, Nothing else, but granted, yeah, your mom's all right was kind of hidden to the U.S. for the most part. Uh, for uh, are there Japanese years. covers that we're missing? I got. I hope there are. That would be amazing, know, but, but I did not. I did not come across any. I was uh, googling to the best of my ability. Translated into Japanese, yeah. And then do that because that's what we should use our white privilege for: is Google Translate. Google Translate. <laughs> Let's hear you butcher it in Japanese, guys. <laughs> we did one song um, where we did the chorus in Japanese, and I made very careful to do my research and conjugate yeah. it right and check with a Japanese speaker. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Roboto o kurosu na. <laughs> it's imperative case. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. It means do not kill the robots. Okay. Do not. Right. Uh, we're to the scoring portion of this episode, so both of you will need to assign a score to this song from uh, 1 to 10 with decimals, if needed, uh, scoring it against the Team G canon. Uh, who would like to go first? Ooh, doggies. I mean, that's the thing, scoring it against all the canon. I mean, because honestly, there are, there are Soul Coughing songs and Mike Doty songs, and... And they might be giant songs that I think I like more than this song, to well, be sure. honest. But I love this collaboration. I think it's a perfect blending of Mike Doty's style and they might be giant style. And that's it's it's hard not to appreciate that because it those are two things that are so close to my my heart musically already. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's hard it's like you wanna give it a ten just because I want more of it, but um, I, I'm I'm thinking like probably an eight. Okay, I'm probably an eight. Mm-hmm. Like it's not Mike Doty's most profound lyrics or anything like that, but it's it's definitely amusing, and uh, I and like the what they might be giants brings to this song is is undeniably them too. Yeah. Uh, but is it? Is it what the perfect blending of those two things would be in my head? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm similar. I, if if it wasn't Mike Doty, it would probably be in the six or seven range of They Might Be Giant songs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for me, it was just one of those fanboy joy things to to see the two collaborating. And I'm always going to feel like like the meeting of those minds was something special. And this song is a great expression of it. And so 
Yeah, I'm, I'm probably 8.2, 8.3, somewhere in that oh, range for me. Oh, you can do me. decibels? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'll give it an 8.5. Okay. I'll give it an 8.5. That's right. That's 0.2 more than you. Yeah. I like that song 0.2 more points than you do. It's true. Uh, well, I, I'm afraid I'm going to have to disappoint you boys and go lower than than both of you. Um, I mean, I'd say I'm a Soul Coughing fan, but I wouldn't say this is like my dream uh, collaboration uh collaboration uh, collaboration <laughs> collaboration uh, that was totally intentional uh <laughs> it is a fun song but again it's one it's one i haven't lived with as much as the rest of um you know minkar and i get, what did i give mr excitement anyway so i gave mr excitement a 7 uh which which for me if you've listened to the show anything above a 7 is good you know it's good uh yeah cuz i'm i'm very stingy about my high scores or they wouldn't mean anything uh and this one you know i'm definitely going to veer towards mr excitement um i just love like the the like kind of speed and intensity of that song and uh, yeah i love the groove of this one but uh it's not quite up to mr excitement for me and that's really the closest comparison we have in the they might be giants canon uh so i'm gonna go 6.5 on this guy but i definitely am enjoying it now since i've been listening to it a lot more uh since now it's just you know set right there in the track lists and you listen to it on on streaming so i am enjoying it and i do not skip it that is for yeah, sure. you know it's um uh, it's like your mom it's just all right yes it's just <laughs> all right uh, i think it is interesting to contrast those two songs they're they're, yeah, they're very different they flavors are. you know one's minor one's major one has more chord changes and and staccato-ness to it and the other is like pretty even mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Your Mom's Alright is, is more of an earworm for me. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I keep getting... I do keep... It's so, like, the... It, it, the the verse melody is so simple with the... Just that boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Like, I find that's getting stuck in my head as I'm, like, walking around. It's, you know... I'm sure. a sucker for the... Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's more like the kind of, like, line you'd hear in a cake song as, like, the synth background. You know, yeah. That's very melodic, very that's, catchy for that's, me. Yeah, where I was thinking. Yeah, because you're, you're, you're getting more, you know, kind of a spoken lyric so that you get... You get getting some melody in the background is key. For sure. Yeah. And now, any more plugs? Uh, you t- we've talked about your stuff um, quite a bit, but um, uh, any more plugs you'd like to share with the people? Um, maybe some social got, media like, for the band? We've got a giant trick-or-treat bag full of plugs, I think. Oh, so many shameless plugs. All right, oh, hit me. Where to begin? Um, gosh. Well, well this, this, is, this is coming out somewhere in the vicinity of Halloween. Is that going to be the plan? Yeah, I can I can bump it up in the in the queue because you guys got something recent. Is that there's something yeah, that's Yeah, so that's we've got a song. Soon? We've got a song called Fizzy and Ticklish. The loop de loop song is what everyone calls it. And it's it's about it's about pop rocks and bungle. Um, <laughs> conveniently. No, it's the, the it's, pop rocks pop rocks are in the song. Legit. Like yeah. legitly in the song. It's so it's about like It's okay. about candy, but it's not about candy. Um, which is how most of our songs are. They they're basically just euphemisms. Um, 
But yeah, this is we're we're putting this out as a single for uh, Halloween. Yeah, basically. the Friday before Halloween. Um, it'll be on Spotify and iTunes and all the online things. We've already put it out on Bandcamp. It's Bandcamp exclusive right now. Um, Cartoon Violence USA on Bandcamp. If you want to find it there, but on the twenty seventh of October, which is the Friday before Halloween, we're going to be putting it out on all the streamings and try to get on playlists and try to do that like yeah. modern thing that bands do where people actually hear their music. Yeah, I think that's really the next step in our career is people listening to us. Um, no, 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 no. People have heard us, but not enough. And you could be one of those more people that we would really appreciate. Um, yeah, we'd really appreciate it if you go and you check out that. Um, you can find us online at Cartoon Violence USA everywhere. Cartoon yeah. Violence USA. Um, there is a Welsh ska, band, Welsh, Welsh ska band that also tries to be cartoon violence, but um, we've, that's why we added the USA because we were just recently on a Gorillaz ska tribute album as well. Oh yeah, that's what, what that's Rudy reboots. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Rudy reboots.bandcamp.com. I think if Andrew wanna... Berg organizes that. He did it. They might be giants cover album ska style. Then he did Gorillaz. We're on that one. And then uh, we're going to be doing a Weird Al cover for for that project in December. Nice. Right. Can you share another what mutual it is? influence? Yeah. What um, Weird Al song. Oh, uh, dog eat dog. Hmm. We're going to yeah. scot it up. Give it plenty of horns. It's going to get real skanky. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, then I'm. We're on. We're on all the social medias. Cartoon Violence USA. Yeah, um, we've got the dot com. Uh, we're on the TikToks. We're putting videos up there. Um, we'll be doing more behind the scenes stuff for our new album. We'll pr probably try to have it out in February. Yeah, for our 15th like anniversary. 10 or 12 tracks of electro, hip hop, nerdcore stuff. Yeah, Sweet. rapping about Sailor Moon and um, <laughs> goth, goth chicks and, uh, you know, important things like that. Yeah, oh yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I'm Prof Robot on social media if you want to follow me on the Insta. Uh, you get, you gotta change it to traps. King Robot now. <laughs> I might. I think I do. I want to maybe get. Hey, dear Kareem, that you shall all listen to Cartoon Violence USA. Get a crown, put it on top of my helmet. Yeah, yeah. I'm into this. A scepter. Ooh. Yeah, you need a crown on that helmet. You're it's not tall up. enough. Yeah. Moving up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I'm Doc Octave on socials that I sometimes participate in. Yeah. You can find me on Blue Sky now, actually, as Prof Robot as well. Is that worth Sky. getting on? <laughs> so far, I basically just use it to talk to Neil Gaiman. And that's yeah. it. Like, if you want to, if you want to chat with Neil Gaiman, Blue Sky is the app for you. <laughs> like, I go to my feed of people that I'm following on there, which is admittedly not a lot, but it's mostly just him interacting with folks, and he's he's charming. I've actually um, interviewed him before. Uh, for my other life, and uh, he is just a very charming man. <laughs> awesome. So, so yeah, right, well, there's a blue sky him, plug. Everyone, get yeah, on there. there you go. Talk to Neil Gaiman. Blue sky, your direct, <laughs> your direct channel to your favorite spooky author. And what? And then, a, what? What about uh, threads? Are we on thre <laughs> threads? I'm not on threads. No, I ain't threading. But uh, if if you are into my improvisational piano covers, um. Uh, my YouTube channel at Doc Octave, I've got 24 hours of live streams saved up there where I just Dang. sat down at the piano, started recording and played 
you know, whatever I would, I would be on Twitch and I'd have people coming in making requests. And if there weren't requests, I'd just play whatever came to mind. Um, so eighties, nineties pop stuff, a lot of the same type of catalog that we would play as Chewbacca Khan with drums, a little more energetic. This is more like mm-hmm. relaxing background music style. Sure. So you want 24 hours of background piano music, Doc um, Octave. Yeah, yeah. And then I, the last thing I'll shamelessly plug is my, my solo band kids eat free. Uh, kidseatfree.bandcamp.com I put out a live album a couple of months ago uh, and I've done nothing to promote it and I think this is the first time I've really talked about it publicly um, you've heard it here first it's fun folks it's fun times kids eat free is fun times if you want to hear me yell at people about pizza um, go check out I, the song Iron Worker you'll, you'll get a <laughs> laugh out of it um, yeah how many Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen covers do you get on this podcast <laughs> yeah this is probably the only one um, unless they've covered, they might be giants before. I don't think they. Have. No, I don't, I don't. I don't think so. It's not too late, though. I think we've got a phone call to make. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, fellas, for being on the show. That was a lot of fun. Uh, having uh, bands on the show is always a special treat. So I appreciate y'all coming on. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks this for having us. Blast. Blast.